San Francisco 49ers week 11 hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Big favorites of the 49ers, what they have to do to win in week 11 and get back on a winning streak, Croc, that we haven't had in about a month for the San Francisco 49ers. All that and more coming up right now. You are locked on 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Lockdown 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Big ups to all the everydayers out there. See some of you jumping into the live chat. We appreciate you. We're going to get into this 49ers Bucks game and uh, have a little bit of fun here as we uh, finish the week and get ready for some 49ers football trying to get back on the the get that winning streak going it's been a month man it's been October since we've had a, a winning streak early October since we had a winning streak for the San Francisco 49ers today's episode of lockdown 49ers is brought to you by prize picks daily fantasy made easy the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and download the app use lowercase code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars at price picks at peacock before we get started i do want to say one thing about the 49ers and kind of some of their situations quarterbacks and all that i do appreciate brock purdy whether it was last year uh this year i do appreciate having a guy like sam Darnold that you might have a little bit more confidence in than maybe some of the other backups because i am watching the cincinnati Bengals game with the Ravens. Uh, the, the Bengals that you said were better than the Ravens, but, th- th- you know, yeah. it doesn't look like that right now. I mean, this is like the 2020 San Francisco 49ers, as uh, <laughs> our guy, uh, Splash Cousin Jordan Elliott, put it earlier on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, with a healthy quarterback, the Bengals are a lot better football team. Uh, the injury bug biting them. This is, a, this is the 2020 version of the 49ers we're seeing with the Cincinnati Bengals. They got to pack it in. Get Joe Burrow 100% healthy. He's got a bad calf. He's got a bad wrist now. They're faking his injury report. He was clearly hurt. Yeah, there was like a – I saw some photos this week, and I don't know if you saw that stuff, Croc, with like – he had like a wrist brace on, and people were like, oh, man, Joe Burrow's hurt. He's got this wrist brace. And they're like, come on, what are you guys talking about? Conspiracy theorists. They were on to something. He, he was hurt. And I don't know what they were gaining by, by not putting him out there, but uh, we actually went live tonight early. We are going to go after the game, and fourth quarter still going. I assume the uh, the – the Ravens are putting up points in the the Bengals are not currently. But when I said what I said, Croc, I was right then. Right now, the Ravens are a better football team than the Cincinnati Bengals with no quarterback. <laughs> with no quarterback. It wasn't looking good even when Burrow was in there, but maybe he was hurt. But the thing I do appreciate the most is uh, I'm watching Jake Browning in. Shout out to Jake Browning, Northern California legend, Folsom High quarterback. I believe he threw like 75 touchdowns his senior year. Something crazy went on, was a quarterback at Washington for a long time. Anyways, I'm watching him against Baltimore, and he just is like a deer in the headlights. He finally has completed a couple passes and had a nice little run. But, oh, man, game moving at lightning speed for this guy. Doesn't know where to go. He's moving around, dropping his eyes. He's getting sacked left and right. But we watch a guy named Brock Purdy in this similar situation, kind of getting thrusted into a game and how he handled himself. And we continue to see Brock Purdy handle himself well uh, more times than not, for sure. Brock Purdy – gets help because he's got a great offense, a great offensive coordinator, a lot of talent, but that he has something that you don't see in a lot of quarterbacks. It's a special ability and you can't just throw any seventh round pick, any undrafted guy, any late round draft pick out there 
and be like, oh, look, this guy's Brock Purdy because he's not the most physically, uh, you know, impressive guy in the world. Brock Purdy's got something else going on. And, and you see it when someone like Browning jumps in there, when you see the Tommy DeVitos of the world get thrust into a football game. Go, oh, yeah, that's it. They're, they're not built for this. You, uh, Browning, you said, was uh, Stockton? Folsom. Folsom. Okay. I was going to say, because uh, he'd be used to the speed of the game if he played in Stockton with all the athletes coming out of there. Well, with the Folsom, they got a lot of athletes. I mean, that's a powerhouse program. Uh, we actually lost to Folsom second-round playoffs uh, 2019. Great, great, great game. They did not have him at that time. But he has been in the NFL since then. And if you look at him, he kind of is the Brock Purdy of the Cincinnati Bengals. Didn't have a big arm coming out of Washington. Like, that was the biggest knock on him. Uh, sneaky <laughs> athleticism uh, that he has. You can see them. Sneaky athlete. Yeah, you put you see him put that on display in this game against the Ravens, uh, but like you said, might be missing something that that Brock has that uh, makes him a little uh, a good backup. You know, he's backed up in in uh, uh, Minnesota for some years. He's back up now for Cincinnati, but I think he's the guy that's the backup that you wish would only be a backup, and you don't have to see him actually start. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, he, what he's missing might be you know a, a certain endowment. In a certain area, you know, I, I think. That's oh gosh, <laughs> pause. <laughs> I didn't think we we're going to go there on this episode of of Locked On Forty ers talking about Brock Purdy and uh, and a specific nickname he has. He's got guts, man. Uh, Brock Purdy does. There's something special about Brock Purdy that uh, it's it's really hard to quantify. Um, so we've gotten time. messages, and uh, we we got some tweets, and I actually meant to respond to uh, the guy, but. He had talked about how I have this undertone that I feel like everybody else is more responsible for Brock Purdy's success uh, as opposed to Brock Purdy just being that good. And I think I think a big part of it is on this show, because we record every day, you guys get to hear me talk through exactly like whatever emotions I'm going through. And it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing, but... Like y'all, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm just never been one to just jump on the first thing I see. Oh, this is this person is amazing. Oh man, this guy is great. Oh, he's better than ever. Like, no, I don't do that. But in real time, y'all get to hear me really kind of process what is that we're seeing. Something that you typically do not see. Uh, you don't see at all. I mean, he's like the first Mr. Relevant quarterback to like complete a pass in a game, right? Like you just you don't see it. And then to this extent that he's number one in like most quarterback categories right now, statistically, um, it truly is amazing. And uh, a lot of what you hear with me is trying to process what the hell is going on with Brock Purdy and how do we get here? Uh, by the way, Folsom, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Browning's left tackle is Jonah Williams, right? Also oh, a yeah, I think he's from Folsom. Uh, went to then went to Alabama and now a, a Cincinnati Bengal. So uh, one thing California has, man, we're gonna have some quarterbacks. So Jake Browning, I mean, obviously he's a backup, but yeah. a lot of you know even the guys that were the number one and number two picks Stroud, in the draft, Bryce, Bryce Young, Young CJ yeah. Stroud, like those are California guys as well. Just West Coast. I mean, Brock Purdy, you know, Turlock, California, Turlock two hundred nine. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot. Thomas Brady. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tom, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot. There's mm-hmm. a lot. We, we we have those. We have those guys. Absolutely. It used to be they all came from Pennsylvania. Now they're all coming from California. Yeah. Uh, 
in the chat here, we didn't even expect to talk about Brock Purdy in this one. Of course, Brock Purdy is a big key to victory for the 49ers. you got to have a good quarterback play. Um, a question about switching. If you switch Brock Purdy with Geno Smith, what happens? The Seahawks get better, the 49ers get worse. Yeah? Yeah, I, I would say there's something weird going it is weird right because uh, if you look at Gino last year and what he did like I thought that was a tremendous year and if you put him with Kyle Shanahan and the weapons the 49ers have does it look a little different remember he had the highest completion percentage in the NFL so not saying that means he's super accurate but he was efficient to some standpoint that I feel like would have translated in this offense when you get to kind of lean on McCaffrey throw the ball to McCaffrey and then you also have the big, you know, the Yak Bros and things like that. I think that really kind of fit with how Gina wanted to play. Uh, you you put Purdy on that team, and now he's throwing to DK and Lockett. And I think he really would like Lockett, but I think the way that they win is different. A lot of kind of vertical pushing passing game. Yeah, they, they uh, Debo doesn't really create or DK yeah. does not create separation. Uh, it's kind of more of a just throw it to me type thing. And I think that's why there's some kind of fall off with his game. Uh, when he was at his best, it was Russell Wilson just throwing those moon balls mm-hmm. to him. Like, could Brock Purdy be that guy? So uh, I don't know how much better Purdy would look on Seattle. Uh, Val in the chat says Gino would be Josh Johnson. I, I mean, I don't know if I would, and no respect to Josh Johnson, but uh, I like what I've seen from Gino Smith. Um, but in you know different offenses, different skill sets, they fit better in each other's offenses. So I think both teams probably get worse if you make that switch, uh, because Purdy's just so perfect for a Kyle Shanahan style offense. And um, I mean, I would love to see a DK Metcalf style receiver though on the 49ers, just to see what it looks like. Can we get that? I mean, here's a good DK, one right here. A different kind of a dude, but can we get something like that? We're talking about DK Metcalf type weapon, but uh, Arthur here says we need to stop with the emphasis on the weapons. Let's talk about the offensive line that's below average. Like they're not good right now. So we're talking about getting another weapon in the passing game. But if we don't, you know, address that offensive line, which is really kind of a serious thing right now, which most of us thought it was heading into the season as well, uh, you're that's a recipe for a disaster. Like moving forward, especially if you. I watched Baltimore's D-line this game, man, and they were loading up. I'm curious to see how they play the 49ers because they were put six guys on that line of scrimmage. We are going to try to stop this run. We're going to make the quarterback win, and they got good coverage on the back end. That, that's going to be a tough, tough game. But you have those D-line, the way they were just demolishing Cincinnati Bengals, even when Burrow was in there. I mean, it didn't look great with Burrow. Like a lot of incomplete passes, maybe the you know misfires or whatever, but I think they were kind of like speeding up his clock a whole lot. Uh, what would that defensive line look like against the 49ers? I know I'm jumping ahead. We're supposed to be talking about Tampa, but uh, Baltimore, that is what a month away. That's going to be a big one. It's going to be huge. Uh, Adrian says Feliciano should start over Burford. Uh, I think Kyle talked about that and hinted that that's what's going to happen. Once uh, Aaron Banks is back at left guard, I think we're going to see Feliciano move over to the right side and probably will the good chances to take that starting job away from uh, Burford because, because Feliciano has been playing pretty well. And Kyle already said that Feliciano was about to start playing somewhere. And uh, that's at left guard for Aaron Banks right now. When Banks is back, I have feelings to be on the right side. Uh, so he may be in there against those, 
those Baltimore Ravens. All right, we got to move on here. Uh, more of these keys to victory. What are these matchups? What's the important things for the 49ers to do to beat those Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday? Next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Prize Picks is the most fun you will have playing daily fantasy football this season. And while you're having all that fun, guess what? Win up to 25 times your money while you're doing it. Easy. Just pick two or more players and you select more or less on their projected stats at Prize Picks and place your entry. Couldn't be simpler. And you can turn 10 bucks into 250 bucks just like that. And now with basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey, 10.5 combo points of three pointers made plus receptions. So, prize picks, daily fantasy made easy, up to 25 times your money. And of course, our listeners get a special offer. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL or download the app and use promo code locked on NFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that is prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL, promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100 at prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Before we get to the keys to victory here, Jason Verrett uh, getting a workout from the San Francisco 49ers. He was released off the Houston Texans practice squad, which is not a good sign for where Jason Verrett is physically and the type of player he is now versus what he was post all of the numerous injuries that Jason Verrett has gone through to his body since joining the NFL. Um, I don't know what he can bring to the 49ers, but if he can move around a little bit, I have a feeling they're going to sign him at least to the practice squad and just make sure they have some reinforcements there. And um, I love Jason Verrett. He's so fun to watch. Uh, he was a really amazing player for the 49ers and, and before that with the Chargers when he was healthy. Uh, so wishing him the best, and hopefully he can continue that comeback. But, man, with, with all the injuries he's he's had in his career. Um, I think that's why he's not even hanging on with a, with a Texans practice squad. And um, the Texans roster is not stacked. Like, you know, if he can't hang there, that's, that's pretty telling, but he's got a workout here and, and look, the 49ers might need those reinforcements. And we're going to talk a little bit about some corners right now with the 49ers next and in the keys to victory, but uh, rooting for Jason Verrett. That'd be, it'd be pretty cool if he's able to continue that comeback with the Niners. Uh, as soon as we saw that he had a workout, you know, he hit the group chat me and my buddies, my brother and them, and they're like, man, this guy has to be the toughest, <laughs> most resilient person ever. I'm a maniac. <laughs> yeah, because you, you don't see someone go through the things that he has gone through to try to play on the field. And he, it's definitely a battle within himself. I, I like that. You know, when I gain weight, like, it's me versus me. You know, it's not about anybody else. It's just about accomplishing, like, this type of goal. It's like, dude, you, you, you're – you need to get right. And it's something like more mental. I think maybe that's what Jason Red is going through where, you know, it's like, you know what? I need to do this for me. I need to do it for me to prove to myself that I can get out there on the field. So uh, Houston, Texas, let them go. But maybe it works out with the 49ers as a practice squad player. Todd in the chat earlier said uh, no injuries is one, two and three keys to victory here. Yeah. And you watch this game with the with the Bengals and it's just like, yeah, come on, stay healthy. Uh, I think every week we can talk about injuries with the 49ers. The Niners have had really good knock on wood injury luck this year uh, compared to years past. And, and, you know, coming out of the bye healthy guys like Trent Williams coming out, you know, solid after that, after that game. And, and Debo Samuel, the guys that you're worried about that were already hurt and banged up coming in. 
So um, really good injury news this year so far for the 49ers. You hope that continues because that's something that's, uh, that's just super beneficial for any team that's trying to make a run. Uh, you can always talk about turnovers. You can always talk about penalties and those types of things. You got to play a clean football game in the NFL because if you don't, any team can beat you, including the four and five Tampa Bay Buccaneers proc. But um, one of the things that I talked about with James Yarko, the host of Locked On Bucks in our crossover yesterday was how the 49ers are going to defend Mike Evans. And I kind of asked him, how do you defend Mike Evans? And he's like, well, Mike Evans is a different dude and you probably got to have a guy over the top and uh, someone else, you know, trying to cover him and short. Right. And so like, that's kind of, you know, double him or, or have fun one-on-one because he's going to pull down rebounds over anybody. And uh, the, last week it didn't really happen that much. And I don't know if maybe, I, I, I don't know if they were expecting necessarily the switch for the 49ers to put Ambry Thomas out there on the outside and have Dallandor Lenore in the slot. Um, the game plan was a little bit more slot heavy in the passing game, but I think that was more quick game. I think they're trying to avoid the rush, the, the, Jacksonville Jaguars were they still had a really tough time even with all the screens and trying to throw short and quick and they still had a tough time against with with uh, with the rush the the offensive line is better for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can they get some time I have a feeling number 20 Ambry Thomas Croc if he's out there on the outside is going to get targeted heavy and they're going to try to get him matched up with Mike Evans and and take some shots and Baker Mayfield has never been one to shy away from taking shots so what are your thoughts on that matchup? Um, and what are your, what were your thoughts? Uh, we've had a few listeners ask us about what your thoughts were from Ambry Thomas last week, getting in the lineup a little bit more. Yeah, first let's talk about Mike Evans. And this is a guy who is in year 10. And literally every single year he has gone over 1,000 yards. Like, I don't think anybody else in the history of the NFL has done this. 10 straight 1,000-yard seasons to start their career this year is going to be the same. I mean, he's, he's over 700 yards right now. If he was a 49er, we would be talking about his numbers uh, like, oh, man, this dude is having such an amazing year. I, I looked at it compared to Brandon Ayuk, and uh, right now he has nearly 100 more yards than Ayuk, three more touchdowns. Like, he, he's killing it. And you look at him, and it looks like he might be kind of slowing down because he's kind of he kind of runs like his knees are hurt a little bit. Yeah, big receiver. Yeah, six, six five, legit six five, over two hundred thirty pounds, and all he does is, I mean, just catch the ball down the field. I saw him running away from defenders last game. Uh, this is a guy who is definitely a savvy vet. Uh, early in his career, I think he was a better route runner than given credit. It's not going to look like Justin Jefferson, but just the way he was able to kind of win with routes uh, for a guy of his size, he was tremendous at that. He definitely poses a big time threat or issue for the 49ers. Uh, if I'm them, I don't know if I would even allow Ambry Thomas to defend him. Sometimes they put him in the slot. That could be a little difficult. But if I'm the 49ers, I just say, hey, Traverius Ward, wherever this big 6'5 receiver goes, you go. You're our most physical corner. You can run with this guy. We're going to play you here, and we'll we'll give you a little bit of help over top so you can be a little bit more aggressive underneath. But it is going to be tough, and especially when you consider they have other weapons. They they have you know guys like uh, Chris Godwin. Is Godwin healthy right now? Uh, he is, yeah. And and yeah. the way that James Yarko talked about it is that um, that Godwin at this point in his career has become like the chain mover, short to intermediate guy, and then Mike Thomas has been the bigger play receiver for that offense. Yeah. yeah. 
maybe it's not exactly how you run your scheme on defense, but let him travel with Mike Evans. Like that's what you want to see. If you're a fan, you're paying money at Levi's stadium. You want to see best. You want to see good on good. Right. And the 49ers are paying and look, you don't have to win every matchup. If, you, if you're Charvarius Ward, it's not us sitting here saying, Oh, let's just lock down Mike Evans. Cause you put Charvarius Ward on him, but that's the kind of the matchup you want to see. That's the worth the price of admission right there. I, I would love to see the 49ers do it. I don't think they're going to do it. They don't do it a whole lot. We saw them do it with Traverse Ward versus DK Metcalf. That was a, a tremendous battle. You mm-hmm. know, we saw it in three games. I thought Ward got the better of DK two out of the three times. The third one, which I believe was the playoff game, you know, D- DK kind of, you know, had a big touchdown down the left sideline. But to me, like, that's your best bet to have any sort of consistency or at least try to limit that explosive play that Mike Evans can give you. I think that that will be the biggest issue for the 49ers heading into this game. I I don't think it's going to be White, the running back, which he's good. They throw the ball to him out of the backfield as well. Um, You know, I don't think it's going to be Baker Mayfield just beating beating this team with his arm. It will be if you allow this 6'5 receiver to get behind you and have explosive plays like that to kind of keep his team in the game. Next, I want to talk a little bit about the D-line rotations, more keys to victory for the 49ers to beat those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by DoorDash. And did the game go to timeout? Yeah, that means it's time to order in with DoorDash. Is it halftime? That's ordering time. Two-minute warning, you got it. That's your cue to order in. For me, uh, some of my favorites here in San Francisco, uh, I love the Super Duper Burger, a great ball game food. I love the... Pizza Hacker, sourdough crust pizza. They don't deliver, but you can get it delivered with DoorDash. And uh, the keys are pub, bullet bourbon wings. Uh, I'm all about any of those and all of those when it is game time because it's all about rooting for your team on a full stomach, not an empty stomach. Food and football go together hand in hand. So order on DoorDash and save on your football watch party favorites. You can get the groceries as well if you want to cook your own football watch party favorites. And, of course, a special offer. For our listeners, get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Don't forget to use code LOCKED23 for 50% off up to $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. So uh, interesting thing happened coming out of the buy. We talked about the secondary and how... uh, Isaiah Oliver was sent to the bench. D'Amador Lenore was uh, moved from outside to inside on uh, in nickel packages, playing in the slot with Ambry Thomas coming in on the outside, which is the most common uh, defense that the 49ers and, and most teams run is that nickel package. Uh, another thing happened with the defensive line rotation. One big change was obviously that the 49ers traded for former Ohio State defensive end Chase Young, by the way who was Nick Bosa's teammate, and there's some bad blood between Baker Mayfield, Ohio, uh, Ohio State, Oklahoma, the flag thing. Nick Bosa said he buried the hatchet. Do you believe this, Croc? Nick Bosa said he hung out with Baker Mayfield, buried the hatchet. Uh, He said he was having fun chirping at at Baker Mayfield when he was a rookie in 2019 with the flag wave, planting it in the ground after what happened with Baker Mayfield uh, in college. But that he hung out with him at the Waste Management Open Golf Tournament. And, quote, Nick Bosa said he's nice about Baker Mayfield. I don't know if I'm buying that. And his his buddy, Chase Young, was there at Ohio State at the same time, too. 
I don't know if Chase Young was at the Waste Management Open, uh, and, and I don't know if he feels the same. I, I think they're going to be motivated to go after Baker Mayfield in this one, even though he's nice. I, I I watch a lot of basketball, and the old heads always talk about how these new guys are like really nice. And back in the day, when someone was your rival, it was kind of like to death. Like it was just a rival in basketball and in football. And I think now it's a little different. I think these guys are nice. A lot of guys train together in the off season. So, you know, running into each other at a golf event and bearing the hatchet, you know, especially if Nick Bosa says it, I, I believe it. Cause I think Nick Bosa had a lot of fun with him that first game in Cleveland, but outside of that, he probably doesn't care. Matter of fact, I don't think that Nick Bosa cares about too much. <laughs> I like he just he just is yeah. kind of in his own little Bosa world. Him and mm-hmm. his brother, and then everybody else is whatever. Just want to be the best football player I can be. So I don't think he cares too much outside of you know getting him back in that first game. Baker. <laughs> uh, Bosa, by the way, thirty. He said he yelled at him. He said I kind of yelled at him. <laughs> Baker yelled at anybody. <laughs> uh. 37 snaps for Nick Bosa out of 57 plays last week, but he did get banged up and left the field for a little bit. Chase Young only had two fewer snaps than Bosa, the second most of all the edge defenders on the 49ers defense. Bosa, 37 snaps. Young had 35 snaps. So Young already jumping into starter level across from Bosa edge snaps. And then the rest of the rotation of the top four guys was uh, Cleveland Farrell had 22 snaps and Randy Gregory had 21 snaps. And then another thing happened that nobody's really talked about is where was 99? Javon Kinlaw is like out of the rotation, right? No, he had a decent amount of snaps. I don't know. I barely saw him in there. I would love to see what the number of snaps was from him, but I felt like he's getting uh, phased out a little bit again. Like he, he tends to from time to time with the 49ers defensive rotation, but I could be wrong there. And I don't have those numbers in front of me. I'm trying to see if I can search it right now on Twitter because I, I definitely saw it, but it, it listed. Oh, here we go. Uh, here we go. 49ers defensive line snaps versus Jaguars. Shout out to John Chapman. Uh, Nick Bosa, 37. Hargrave, 37. Chase Young, 35. Armstead. All right, here we go. Kinlaw, 24. So, yeah, Kinlaw with 24. He had the same amount as Kevin Givens and actually two more than Cleveland Farrell, three more than Randy Gregory. So, See, that's the thing. I, I thought I saw Kiv, uh, Givens in more, but I, they had the same amount of snaps. So I, I think that is more for Givens than earlier in the season. So maybe eating into that snap count a little bit, but not maybe not as much as I thought. But you know, not not huge impactful uh, snaps from Kinlaw either way. Maybe that's why I just didn't notice him because not a lot not a lot was going on there uh, with 99. But uh, So he's not completely getting phased out. Chase Young, though, he's he's a dude, and he's going to have more snaps probably this week than he had last week. Like I, I think he's he's the guy. Uh, I love seeing some of the second effort snaps. I loved uh, seeing him meet the quarterback with Nick Bosa, and that's going to be a huge key to this game as it is with every game, and especially this game because, look, if the I, I don't think the – like with Rashad White in, in that running game for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Croc, it's, it's not a great running game. I'm not worried about that hurting the 49ers. So they're going to be in some third and long situations, and I don't think dumping it off to Rashad White is going to be – a big factor in this game and going to hurt the 49ers. So as long as you can get to Baker Mayfield, not give him time, whether it's Charverius Ward or Ambry Thomas covering a Mike Evans. I mean, you know, it's always the key. And uh, I think Baker Mayfield can, uh, is going to be in trouble on Sunday. Crack. Yeah. I just, 
Baker Mayfield to me, he he would have to have like an outer body out of body experience type game to really kind of will this team to a victory. Uh, we watched the 49ers. You know, you can go back to the the Browns game, and obviously, like that wasn't a great showing for for whatever reason. But the other two losses between Cincinnati and the Vikings, uh, Baker Mayfield is not Joe Burrow. Baker Mayfield is not Kirk Cousins. And he would have to have that kind of game for him to really pose a legit threat to the 49ers, like that level of efficiency as well, which I don't see him that happening. He can have an explosive play. Again, I talked a lot about Mike Evans and how well he has played. You limit that, I think it would be really tough for Baker Mayfield to have the type of game that's needed uh, to be able to take down the 49ers, unless the 49ers offense just, what's the bet? As pointed out in the chat, yeah, Drake Jackson's the one that was the big loser as far as defensive line rotation. And yeah, Baker Mayfield doesn't scare you, but um, you know, there's a you know a hot and cold element to it, and, and there's some playmakers, and the you know, there's some playmakers on both sides of the ball for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're just so inconsistent. Uh, I really do think the 49ers are gonna win this football game. I think they can win it easily, and that's why there's a big line. You're looking at FanDuel line of uh, 11 and a half points. What do you think, Rock? How's how's this one end? Do you have any more keys to victory to for the 49ers to uh, to seal this victory on Sunday? I think, you know, just the, the biggest thing for the 49ers, you, you look at the games that they lost three in a row. They turned the ball over way too much. So you, you limit that. I think it would be extremely difficult for Tampa to win this game. Now, you, you win by 12-plus points. That, that's a little bit more on a difficult side. I, I just think that's a lot of points in the NFL. But uh, in the 49ers' wins, they happen to kind of just – beat teams that way. So uh, I think the Rams game, they only won by seven. Was it 23 to 30? No. 23-30? The Rams game? I don't remember. The Rams kicked the last second field goal. Maybe, no. Because it was, it was because uh, right at halftime, the Rams scored, right? It was like 17-17, I want to say. 49ers scored, I think. I think uh, the, the, the Rams had 17. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was. Yeah, that's what it was. The 49ers scored to tie it up, and then, uh, then they. Yeah, it was a touchdown, a field goal, then another field goal from the Rams. Is that what it was? So seven was the final. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Those. It has another one actually. Those. Those end of half scores. You can't let. I've heard this. This has come up a lot actually in the NFL in recent weeks, and we got to get out of here. But it's an interesting one, and I've kind of been watching games a little bit more, thinking about the idea of winning the middle four minutes of the game, the last two minutes of the first half, the first two minutes of the second half, basically. Like if you can, if you can score at the end of the first half, and and Kyle Shanahan has talked about this, you can score at the end of the first half and then get the ball back and then go down a score again and go boom, boom. Like two scores in the NFL is a huge swing, and if you can pull that off in the NFL game, that's massive. Yeah, that that would be if four nights do that. Goodbye, Tampa. Forty Niners Ravens Super Bowl in the chat is one of the conversations. I don't know. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves there with uh, with any teams getting to the Super Bowl. I think they're both Super Bowl caliber teams. Mark Andrews looks like he's done for the season. Uh, that is unfortunate for those. Uh, I mean, that's been. That's been the dude for Lamar Jackson in the passing game, although they're opening up to some receivers a little bit more. And Gus the Bus is kind of finding his way in the end zone a lot recently. Uh, the, Baltimore is an interesting team. It might be a bad matchup for the 49ers, 
But I don't know if there's any team that's super scary, but the, he, the Niners and the Ravens are two of the teams of the teams that are like the good teams that I, I expect to be in the Super Bowl. It's, they're, they're, and it feels like now with the Bengals out of it, with Joe Burrow hurt, like they got to pack it in. They're already down their records in a place where uh, they, they've just, you know, they, they, I don't think they have a shot to make the playoffs at this point. They're, they're in a really bad spot. Um, Kansas no City, dude. Like, as long as Kansas City's out there. Yeah, they're the, like, the new boogeyman. So – I'm I'm not putting anyone in the Super Bowl over Kansas City until I just like see it. <laughs> like, yep. And, and it always feels back. like they're oh they're not the same, and then they just get hot and they are the same. <laughs> Thanks everybody for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Big ups to all the everydays. We appreciate you. We love you. Croc and I back post game to break it all down right here. Locked On 49ers. <laughs> 